0: Nice to be here at the Gathering Viridian Church, and glad to be part of this family. Amen. You know, there's a segment of the big family of God that's spread all across the world. And thank God we can rejoice that Christmas is here again. Amen. And we're glad to know that Christmas is God coming to be with us. And so we celebrate every time because we recognize the fact that God loves us. His love come down from heaven. And, you know, uh, when I was a little boy, my mother used to say, love begets love. You know, love begets love. So love starts somewhere, and then it gets to ignite love from some other side. Now, but sometimes love doesn't get a return of love you know and that often happens and when it happens some you know could get disappointed and say I did all I thought I could you know but it depends on who you're loving why you're loving what's making you love right so um, God started it all from the beginning of the world because when he made the world, he made it, he tried to make sure everything was good, everything perfect, because after every, crea- every creative act, he would say, and God saw it was good, you know? This God must love so much that he wanted everything to be good. So he made men, and he said, I'm going to make them in my own image. Oh, that's an act of love. You know how it feels when you... When you have your baby and he looks like you, you're like, (laughs) it's like you created something. And God actually gave himself that feeling. He said, I'm going to make him, let's make him in our own very own image. So he would look like us, feel like us, behave like us, do just what we do, have authority like us. So God made everything and he gave dominion to man. And said, yeah, you be in control. Be in control of all I've done. I've given them all to you. Whatsoever name you call call this one an ass, you call this a dog, is dog. And call this wow man, woman. (laughs) So, and then, so God, so everything about God's creation is love. It's about love. And because God wanted everything to continue in love, He therefore did something. He He gave instructions to man and said, "You know this. You know you can have everything here. It's beautiful. It's all for you. This other one is for a later season, so don't touch it. Don't go eat it." But like I said, love should we get love and The response of love is normally obedience, but God didn't find that there, and that was a bit of a, should I say a shock? Nothing comes to God as a shock, and so Adam and Eve are great, 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 I don't know how many times grandfather and mom went the other way, they missed it, That doesn't deny the fact that everything had been made beautiful for them. Everything created perfectly. That's why, okay, we love to be by the lake in the Viridian. Who made it? Our own little garden of Eden. huh? So, now, when God saw that things were... Even right from the very first family, we had some funny things happen. I mean, you know Cain and Abel, you know the story. Hatred came in, or envy. And we would find, as we go on, that there's something, whether love should be full of envy or not, we get to know. So, but God saw that everything he had made was good, but then man began to go contrary to what God expected. And from time to time, God kept on intervening, bringing, okay, these are my ways. If you would do this and do this and do this, our love will grow. But if, on the other hand, you don't, if you don't obey me, then it will be difficult. You know, two can't work together except they be agreed. God wants us to live in agreement and love with him. So he expected his love to produce love from us. So, then what happened was, John 3.16 When everything had gone bad, including the fact that, you know, at some point God could find nothing good in man, and he had to clear up the first set of men, leaving one. And Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, so we're told. And when he brought, when he saved Noah, he showed that, you know, he could deliver, you know. And he could deliver in such a way that only what he has decided to keep is retained. And I'm thanking God that quite a number of us here, I, I wouldn't know if, you, if all, I wish, it's all, I wish I could say for sure. Everybody here, right, has been in God's ark. And what do I mean? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You know, that thing, that's very popular. When I was a little boy, before I was six, I already knew that. When I was six and in school, that was read right to us, and we were made to put... You know, God so loved Tokumba, right, where the world was, that he gave his only son, begotten son, that if Tokumba believes in him, he should not perish, but have everlasting life. I didn't understand, even though it was, you know, I heard it all, you know, and it was also written in Yoruba, so, you know, even if I didn't understand English, I should understand it in Yoruba, (laughs) Right. So, but it didn't really make much meaning to me. And like today, there are many people to whom it still doesn't make much meaning. They just know it. They just rattle it off. And that's a pity. God would want us to understand His love. That love, of course, you have eros, which is more or less romantic love and that kind of thing. And then you have philia, that put, uh, in Greek. Which would mean some kind of brotherly love, friendship arising from, I like you, so I love you. You know, I like the things you do, so I love you. But then, God had this love, agape love, which was a fatherly love that carried mercy mercy with it. And he decided to love us in that manner. So that he could draw us back to him, even whilst we had gone against him. Because He says, Whilst we were at enmity with God, God showed His love to us. In uh, so so, God showed us His love. And why did He do that? Why did He do that? He says now, and He did it because He wanted a flow that is vertical between us and Him, and He wanted to use that to project another flow. That's his horizontal. That's the cross to work for us. So that whilst we're loving him, he's loving us and we are loving him back. His love in us produces love for others. Now, and John, who was the disciple, who, always, who referred to himself as the disciple whom God loved, you know, he then told us this. He says, Beloved, let's love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Huh. So if I don't love, it means I don't love God. Oh wow. I don't know God. Now, he who does not love doesn't know God. For God is love. In this is the love of God the love of God was manifested towards us that God has sent his only begotten son, his only son. You know, that means so much. You know, I'm sure God felt the pain as much as, you know, I pray none of us loses his children, but imagine losing one. And if you've lost one before, you know what it feels like, you know. Uh, you know, he keeps remembering from time to time. And that, and he knew he was going to suffer in the hands of Mere creatures, you know, we were were just his creatures. And he, God, was coming down as man to suffer in our hands. Now, so he says, uh, he sent his only begotten son, that one son, into the world that we might live through him. And he says, and this is love, not that we love him, love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins, right? To be the appeasement for our sins. You know, to be what we're giving to God and saying, my apologies, I'm sorry. Just accept me, you know. And that is what we could give. I wish there was anything we could give that would be acceptable to him. Nothing we bring can be holy enough and acceptable to God, but his son, his only son. And he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. If God could love me so much that he would give what meant so much to him, his only son, then I owe him everything if that surprise is going to take to get me back to God, and God chose to give it, even whilst I was still at enmity with him. That's how the scripture describes it. It says, whilst I was still fighting against God, whilst I was still rebellious, whilst I was still disobedient, not doing what he expected of me, he did that. So, he so says, The cross, that's vertical love generating horizontal love. So we say our love for God should produce in us love for men. Then Romans 5, 6 to 8 says, For when we were still without strength, you know, oh, that we had the strength to pull ourselves back to heaven. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. You know, when, when I, before I came to Christ, you know, I I already, though quite religious and, you know, I went to church with my parents, uh, my siblings, and, but I just went, I just went, there was no connection, I didn't have the God connection, and I pray we all will have that God connection, because that's where the joy is. And that's where the reward is, because the reward of that connection, which is not our own making, you know, I mean, it's not like we worked for it, yet we get rewarded, is that we can get back to him and enjoy bliss that's better than the initial Garden of Eden he prepared for man here. And I pray we all will be there. Now, so God did that. For the ungodly. He says, scarcely would one do that for a righteous person, for a good man. Even if, I mean, sorry, for, uh, scarcely would one, uh, would, scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love in that. Even whilst we weren't righteous, whilst we weren't good enough, Christ died for me. The ungodly. So, we got God's best, because Christ was God's best. And all all things through his love. Romans 8.32 says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him, delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? You know, sometimes we are like in doubt, oh, does God really love me? What, if I ask him for something, what guarantee do I have that I'll receive it, and so on. And so, but then we can have confidence, he says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that, he hears us. Whatever we ask, whatever we ask. Wow. Whatever. Whatever. What's what's outside whatever? You know something outside whatever? We ask for good health. We ask God to prosper us in whatsoever we lay our hands upon. We ask God to do various things, all right? We ask him for different things. We ask him for a closer walk with him so that we can enjoy sweet communion with him, right? Whatever. He says, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. Now, we go back to this. He says, ask anything according to his will. Because sometimes we wonder why, you know, maybe something is not happening. Eh, I'm not asking because I want to consume it upon my lust, but still it hasn't happened. Then I remember always when that kind of thought comes. I say, well, there's got to be a way I align with his will. Because that's part of God's plan of love. That I should get to know him. That I should get to understand him and know his will. And that's why it says in Romans 12, 3, 12 uh, one, I think 1 to 3, he talks about presenting our bodies to him as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, right, uh, to him, so that we can determine that which is good and perfect and acceptable will of God. So, in short, if I present myself, then I, I, I present myself to him. Then I will be able to determine what he likes, what his will is. And then I can be assured of receiving everything because all the provision is made. Now we got, we got cookies out there. We got coffee. And now I didn't go there to pick today. I don't, maybe I don't like coffee, right? (laughs) So I, I didn't go to pick, but doesn't mean it isn't there. It's there. So we have to remember that God has made his promise. And his promise is sure. So it's for us to now take our own bits of it. Now, so, he says, because there are expectations in God's agape love. That fatherly love that, you know, wants to give us everything and to show us mercy, because, you know, when it happened in the Garden of Eden, you know what happened? You know, if God were that, so, you know, he wouldn't do what he did, because sometimes I could get so mad at people, and then, and then I'd just say, no, 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 but whilst God was saying no, he still drew them there and said, okay, why have you made yourself leaves for your clothing? And he, said, he knew that they had done the wrong thing, because, you know, they had told him, uh, we're hiding when we heard your voice. You know, love was lost when they had disobeyed, and that's what happens to us when we disobey God. It's like love is lost now. So now, so he said, "Okay, you've made yourself this, but this wouldn't last. It will soon dry up. I get you something better." And he got them skin, and they had new clothing. You know, that's the love of a father, and so when he was uh, talking this uh, when um, Steve was talking, he mentioned that, you know, God loves us regardless of who we are, and all those things we saw up here were pointing to the same thing that God loves us. You know, God's unconditional love is there, but He wants us to tap from it. We must take our be go there and pick our coffee. All right. So, now, so with all, so He wants us to do what? He says, and, you know, Jesus, Jesus taught this, he says, you know, when the, um, when, when the professor of law, right, of those days came to him, and, uh, you know, they had all been trying to prove him wrong, get him to, you know, make some wrong statements, hopefully, not knowing that the wisdom of God is wiser, you know, the folly of God is wiser than the uh, wisdom of men. Now, so, so now they tried everything to, you know, but they saw that he was always answering them with wisdom and correctly. So this professor of law came and said, ah, so what's the greatest commandment? And he told him, he says, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, what's left? <laughs> Tell me what's left. You know, so we've got to love him with everything, our emotions. We've got to love him with our, with our personalities, who we are, the real soul of us. We've got to love him uh, with our mind, our ability to reason and think, you know, so we've got to love him with our strength, with our energy. Now we need to ask ourselves, are we doing that? It talks doing that, you know. So then. So, how can we love him? And Jesus explained how we can love him. He had mentioned that first and said, You love the Lord with all your heart, and then you see, it becomes Uh, you know, that's when we become like a living sacrifice. We're given over to him, sold out to him. And then when we're sold out to him, we begin to get to reason. Our minds begin to walk in alignment with his own mind. And then when we ask, we'll be asking. We wouldn't be asking amiss. And God will answer us, he says. His answers to us will be, "yea" and amen. And... So, Mark 12, 31, he says, And the second commandment is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than this. Then the professor of law agreed with him and said, Yeah, you said, you've spoken the truth. Now, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. He tried to justify himself and said, uh-huh, like talks would do. Then who's my neighbor? Haven't I done it right? Aren't I doing it right? Aren't I getting it correct? And he said, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So Christ didn't stop at that. He went on to explain. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God, with your, okay? And your neighbor uh, as yourself. And then he says, he told the story, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, which we know so well. And he said, Well, who is your neighbor? You want to know your neighbor? The man who lives on, um, which ivory, ivory what? Next to, (laughs) you know, the street, whichever street you live on, you know. Is he the neighbor he's talking about? Ah, oh, yeah, I already love him. I know him. We say hi to each other when we're walking out, when we're driving out. So he described who our neighbor is. And he says, you know, because he had to answer, and who is my neighbor? And then 30, he says, then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. Wow. You know. Back home, we know about armed robbers. You know, they're terrible. Yeah. So, who, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. So, they left him helpless. They assumed, I'm sure they thought he was dead. And so, they left him, they abandoned him, and went away. He was wounded. So, who is your neighbor? Huh, he's telling us about somebody suffering, somebody in need. Somebody who needs a torch, and then he says, uh, "So now, he says now by chance, a certain priest, a certain priest came down that road. Is it Pastor Dave? <laughs> I'm not sure. He, I'm sure he doesn't behave like that because recently, you know, I was just, you know." I, I was playing with Paul, <laughs> Paul Jones, and uh, we were playing till deep in the night. We were playing chairs, and you know it was really cold, and we were outside. But somehow, I saw Paul wasn't ready to stop, and I said, "Okay, we must carry. We must go until we're done." And so everybody went in. It was cold, but he remained there sitting. I said, what are you doing? Why not go inside? He said, no, 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 he's okay, he's okay. Aren't you going to sleep? Even when I noticed that he began to kind of, you know, <laughs> he said, no, I'll be here, I'll be here. He was out to help us. I think so, some good example of um, the kind of love God wants us to have, yeah. Now, so, uh, so the priest came, he came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side, you know, then likewise, a Levite. So normally, these are people who should be, huh? Ah, these are the churchgoers, you know, the people who gather. Hopefully, not those who gather at the gathering, gathering church, yeah. But just in case I'm like that, I got to check and adjust, isn't it? So now, so, uh, they so so they but what happened? He just passed and went by on the other side. Um they're going to say I killed him. You know, and he you know, timid. You know, we could be timid sometimes, sometimes, you know, and we wouldn't do the good that God wants us to do. Then uh the Levite came. He serves in the church, he serves, you know, and then so when he arrived at that place, he came and Oh, I see Howard. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I think last Sunday, <laughs> last Sunday, was it last Sunday? You know, I said hi to him and everything, but I didn't notice he had this in front of him, and I didn't notice his, um, his foot, his leg, you know, so I was like, I had said, so it was later on. My wife said, look at that. So I said, ah, I looked and didn't see. I looked and didn't see. Is love really blind, <laughs> Or just movie watching? So this guy came, you know, the Levite came. He looked. He looked. But he didn't see. Is that how we see? Is that how we look at other men? Other people around us? Those in need? we we'll look and we don't see. We don't see the need. We don't see where they're saying, oh God, help me. And we are the ambassadors of Christ. So he wants us to be his ambassador. He wants us to see the way he sees us. Because God saw us even when we hadn't appealed to him. God delivered us. He chose to send Christ to us. We hadn't known. He didn't love us. And we didn't love him. As we read from 1 John. We didn't love him first. He loved us first. He took the action first. Love is just love. Is love just a feeling? Love's got to be a feeling, uh, uh, an affection mixed with action. A productive thing. So, Saturn, so... The, but then, these two good people did nothing. But... And we have to be aware and not be that way. I thank God for the uh, gathering church here that, by God's grace, we're privileged. I call it a privilege to go out, reach out in various ways, align with other ministries like missionality and so on, to reach out to people. And I think we all should strive to be part of reaching out to people one way or the other. You know, be part of the move of the brethren, of brothers and sisters. And be effective. And I'm sure many people are doing many things in different ways. So I trust we'll be more at it. Because God wants us to be himself and skin to others. So what did he do next? Is love passive or secret? It wasn't passive. He moved to him just like God moved to us. He brought Jesus Christ, came down at Christmas. To get a feel, so later on it says, "For we have not a priest who is not touched in every way with our kinds of feelings, you know, but one who has tasted the same, and therefore is able to intercede for us." So Christ came as God in flesh to be with us. That is Christmas. And that's why we're celebrating today that we had the great opportunity of enjoying this benefit. And he has granted us also to believe in him through his grace, by faith. So now, so he went to him, just like God came to us. Set him on his own animal. Wow. God used Jesus Christ to meet our need that which we would ever have been able to accomplish. Because without the remission of, without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission, forgiveness, clearing out of sin. And he knew none of us will ever be able to attain, attain holiness in that way, as to be a worthy sacrifice. And even if you killed yourself as a sacrifice for your sin, where would your life be? Wouldn't you be guilty of murder? Suicide (laughs) Now he knew that That needn't happen So he did what he did And this man You know There's a way you say I love you You know And sometimes you say I love you love you for Christmas (laughs) There's a way You say I love you but you say no no Don't step into my door Don't step through my door I love you. Don't come into my car. You know, I love you. I I can do everything with you just outside here in the cold. Right? Okay? We put boundaries. And God is not happy with the boundaries. He wants us to love without boundaries like He does. Oh. And if we're going to be his ambassadors, we've got to do it the way he wants it, the way he does. So he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. He he was making sure everything was done. Everything was done, just like God did everything. And all we had to do is believe like the jailer was told, believe you and your whole household and you will be saved. And all we had to do was to believe. He took care of him. The guy couldn't help himself. He was almost dead. And because And when they had come to the place called Calvary, sorry. Yeah, okay. There they crucified him. You know, because I'm trying to say here that that man saw he acted on it. And not only that, you know, after doing that, taking him to the inn, taking care of him, he knew that he still needed money to fully recover and be cared for further. He put some money down. He paid for the immediate, you know, whatever bill. He settled the immediate bill. And then he left. He said, okay, when I come back, I'll pay the rest. You know, when God was giving us his salvation, he made it full and free so that I don't have to pay anything. It's not by my works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. Everything paid. This guy... This Samaritan who was acting like him, like God, like Jesus wanted us to be, he said anything. So love will touch your pocket. Unplanned expenses, unbudgeted. He says, no, I no, I never planned for that, so I just got to go my way, got get everything done. Love says No. You know, the Corinthians, he says, Paul says, they gave out of their means and they gave beyond their means. What a life. And God is saying, yeah, you're doing something. Maybe you haven't been fully stretched yet. There's still more you can do. Just keep doing. I'll keep blessing. Blessing. Because God is not unfaithful to forget your labors of love. For you labor, you minister, and you continue to minister. So God will never forget it. He's going to reward it. So they, so that, when Jesus got to Calvary... Just like the man who, who he saw and he acted. Jesus saw. He saw those people who were shouting, crucify him. They hated him, even though he came with love. <laughs> and you could get into situations. We had a, we, we had a place. We used to reach out to, um, those who are hooked, hooked on drugs or, you know, weeds and so on. And there are times you get, there's a sudden they get away. And we know what we wanted to bring to them was the love of Christ. And we would offer them, we would offer them free meal. We would um, go back to them and still say, hey, how are you doing? But they would kind of reject. and You know, sometimes almost act violently. And, but... What Jesus wants is really that and more. What he did was more than that. He was on the cross after they had shouted, crucify him, crucify him, unjustly crucify him. Even when he had been declared without sin, without guilt for what he was being accused. By Pilate, he was condemned to death. So now, whilst he was on the cross, and the people still jerry, <laughs> king of the Jews. He says, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He says, Am I talking about you doing that kind of thing? Not talking about talks doing that? But that's what Jesus expects of us. I wish I could boast. I could say, Yeah, I'm, I'm there. I've made it. Doing just what Jesus wants. But not yet, not there yet. I'm keep, I keep praying. Lord, help me to get to that point where you are. Says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Wow. And that's the test of love. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them. You know, some of us would, you know, you can blame anybody for anything. You can find faults. I can find faults with somebody for anything. I may be very intolerant and just say, oh, no, 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 no. why, Why should anybody do such a thing to someone? You know, meanwhile, when it's my turn, I do just the same. Only I'm not, you know, I'm not looking at twos in the mirror. You know? Now, so, but... And hear what he says here. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? You know, it's good to love somebody who loves you. You know, I love you here. You know, I know many who love me on a personal level and I've related with. And the many more I will still relate with by God's grace as he gives me life. But, he says, while that is good, love those, you know, the, 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 you know, what credit is it to you when that's all you do? That's where, that's where my love ends. Loving those who love me. Because what God did was to love the unlovable me. Or I could say to love the unlikable me. Because you got to see something good to like somebody. You like it when you see it. And then you go the next stage and say, I love you. I embrace you. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what's that? And let me just keep and go on to 35. It says, but love your enemies. Do good, good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. What was God going to get from loving me? Loving us. What was he going to get? What gift shall we give? You know, when you go back to Nigeria and in the Yoruba uh, land, there's a song Christians sing. They say, he doesn't eat eba. You know, eba is one of our popular foods. Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't eat pounded yam. But Thanksgiving is his food. Praise is his food. So he says, but love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. So we can't feed him. Or Has Pastor Dave ever taken even wine from here to him before? To, I mean, to Christ, have you taken wine to him, oh, or bread? <laughs> ah, you see, you know, we 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 can't embrace him the way, um, you know, we can't embrace him and give him a kiss. You know, where is he? Yet he's here. So how can we do that to him? How can we relate with him? You know, he says here that if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. He says, he who loves God must love his brother also. So if I say I love God, one of the ways he's going to reflect is that I love my brother. If I say I love God and I don't love any of you here, then there's a problem. That's the problem. So, the way I can embrace Jesus is to embrace you. The way you can embrace Jesus is to love ugly me. Love shown to those who need help is love shown to Jesus. Jesus is not physically here for me to hug and kiss him or go spray cologne, perfumes on him. You remember when uh, Mary came, he came with bottles of what? Alabaster oil? And he broke it and then began to wipe it all over his feet and then his hair rubbing on his feet. And people will like, "Uh uh-huh, don't you know who's doing that to you? Jesus wants sinners like me to come love him. And he says, the way I can love him is by loving you and loving the people around me. Loving my neighbor. Who is my neighbor? So I may not have the opportunity of grabbing Jesus until we get there. And by God's grace, he'll embrace us. And I pray he will say to us, well done, good, faithful servant. That's what we are striving for. He says, um, I am tramping, I am tramp, 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 tramping, trying to make heaven my home. Yes. huh? Yeah, so all we're doing is we're going in that direction you know, making heaven at home. He's the one who's done it for us. We have that assurance whilst we're here if we have believed on a personal level. Recognize that our sins had to be forgiven and he has done it for us. And not only that, he's made all kinds of provisions for us to be able to live with this love. That's why he says he was leaving his spirit with us So the Spirit, the enabling Holy Spirit will help us. Because somebody may be saying, oh no, that's impossible. Oh, he's just talking. He's just repeating words in the Bible. But there's a power to help us get there. So we need to kneel at his feet and say, Lord, give me that power. So, loving him Am I God's hand, voice, or feet to somebody? You know, you could be God's hand to touch somebody. You could be His voice in the hour of need, hour of sorrow, hour of despondency, just to speak one word, or just to give, just to smile, or just to sit quietly and say, I can understand. Is there somebody, you have a neighbor? Someone that needs you, you can be God's hand, voice, or feet. See what Jesus said about it. He says, you know, then he gathered the people. He gathered the righteous on his right hand and got, you know, the others on the other side. He says he called some sheep and called the others goats. Sure, there's no goat in here. Never mind, you know, we used to call, you know, when people had a beard that just came and we say, he's got a goatee. <laughs> so we may look like goats, but we're not goats. <laughs> and I used to say that, you know, thank God when I was pastoring that I'm a shepherd, not a goatherd. <laughs> so he says, he put them on two sides and said, uh, Now, those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. You know, um, which one am I doing? And indeed, what happened? Uh, You know, so before this, now what happened was that when he said that to them, they now said, When did we see you hungry and feed you? Thirsty and give you drink? I couldn't remember seeing you, Jesus. I didn't meet you on the street of the Viridian. How come you say, is the Savior lying? No. And he said, in as far as you did it to any of those ones, any of those ones, You've done it to me. In as far as you did it like the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, to so any of those ones you found in me, you're doing it to Jesus. That's why we should grab the opportunity to always reach out to anybody. Whether they're walking through, walking in through this place, or we meet them on the streets, and we have and we're Privilege to be able. We should count it a privilege to touch Jesus. A privilege to love Jesus. You know, sometimes we are afraid to be vulnerable. But I tell you, he covers your back. So now, let's break the barriers. And that's what Paul said. Paul said to, uh, you know, Paul said this, that, you know, he had been talking about the gifts of the spirit, of faith, love, miracles, and by God's grace we'll have miracles, uh, prophecies, and all that. And he says, "If I speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but don't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a, clinging, a clanging symbol." You know, um, you. you you, you, just imagine, um, you know, before when I was a child, I used to watch the Salvation Army and they'll come with their trumpets and then, and some will come with cymbals and you yeah. okay, let the cymbals go without the trumpet. It's like you've lost much of the music. Yeah. So he says, I'll just be like noise making, just get somebody here to keep clinging there, you know. He said, I'll just be a noise maker. I pray we won't be noisemakers, that we will have the impact that Christ wants us to have. Um, let's just keep to the next one. All right. And I want us to do this exercise. Let's try this together, and it's going to be some kind of self-assessment. We haven't gone to school today, but we've come before the Lord, and we're open to his word, and we want his word to search us. You know, David will say, search me, O Lord, and know my heart today. Try me and see if there be any wicked way in me. Cleanse me from every sin and set me free. Cleanse me from inability to love. Help me to begin to love. And we want to see the standard as listed here by Paul. He says that the more excellent way is to love. And to love is to take note of this. So, um, so we're going to do something now. Everybody, we just put a name where you see love. All right? And you put him or her where you see it. Or he, sorry, he or her where you see it. And where you see it, you put um, her or him. All right? Okay? Can we try that exercise? Now, I'm going to use my name. You use your name. And think about it, you know, think about it so we won't do it too fast, all right? Sorry I've taken a little bit of your time. But uh, now, talks is patient and kind. Hmm. Talks is not jealous or boastful or proud. Hmm. He doesn't demand his own way. He is not irritable, and he keeps no record of being wrong. Six, he does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Talks, never gives up. Wow. Are there people we give up on? Hey, he's no good. He can't make it. No, no more. I've done enough for him. You know, sometimes in marriages, and perhaps this is why marriages will tend to break, you know, I've had enough of it. No more. You know, it's, it's a love that focuses just on himself that will keep seeing the fault in others and why he can't go on. He keeps the record and every time I tell him this or I tell her that. He never, he never budges, he never does what we say, what I say. You know, I remembered we, you know, um, Dave and I said to someone, to our wives, and he said, Oh, you know, uh, we we said something and then we said, Oh, now we we love obeying you. (laughs) Just a few weeks ago. You know, sometimes, you know, If you, oh, no, he's demanding, you know, she's asking me for this and asking me to do that. Or he's asking me to do so many, so many things and not just the way I want to do it. He says, you don't keep record of that. If you keep record of it, it's a problem. There's no love. So there's a checker for you. You have to say, Lord, I check myself. He says, does not demand his own way. Huh. I must have it this way. Even though I'm going out of this thing, I'm walking out of this marriage. Patient and kind. Through it all, he remains cool. Through it all, he keeps doing something on the positive. Even when going through the pain, he says, well, I bear it. Jesus was spat upon. He was weak. He suffered hate from people who he should love to. So why should it be that when I said, I love you, I love you. Is it I love you, I love you for Christmas alone? So, well, we can keep talking about it. It's not irritable. It gets irritated at everything. Yes. Why did you put that thing on the table? Why didn't you lock the door? You forgot to lock it it last night and you keep forgetting all the time. Patience will overcome that. And I pray the Lord gives us that kind of love. Now, we've said it all. We've said all this. There's still more to say. But Jesus said to that woman, when they said, see, you come see an adulteress, caught in the very act. They didn't ask about the man. They didn't bring out the man. It was just the woman. They brought the unfairness of the world. And he says to him, to, to her. After he has said, okay, let him who did not sin, who has no sin, cast the first stone and They walked away quietly. All the leaders, they walked away. None could cast a stone. Thank God they were even sincere about it. They knew they were also sinners. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Neither Nobody condemns anyone here. They're just saying, I want to be better. Right? I want to love like Jesus the way he wants me to love. And he said to him again, that he said to Peter, Simon Peter, after Peter had denied him three times, Jesus went to wake him up and say, Come here, Peter. Now come. You know, he had prayed for him before all the denials, you know, to show his love for him. Then when he came again, he said to him, See, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, Yes, I love you. He says, Feed my uh, feed my uh, lamb, then feed my sheep, feed my sheep, tend my lamb, tend my sheep, so oh, he's asking of us, love me by loving others. I have loved you first, you love others. And he says, by this will all men know that you are my disciples if you have love for another. So if I love Mike, I love Kate, I love Ossie, I love Manna, I love Howard and everybody here. Then he says, men will know that we are his disciples. If we don't, what does that mean? It becomes, our our, our responsibility here becomes more difficult. That of reaching others. If God didn't want us to reach others, the day you were saved, the day you said, Lord, I believe, he'll just take you away from here and you're in heaven. Because there's nothing nothing else to do. But because he wants to love others through us, he has left us here. So it's for us to have the eye that sees need, the eye that sees the desire for God and even the lack of it. And a desire to pursue for his name's sake, and win them to Christ and love them so they can get the benefit of what we are getting from God. And not mind being vulnerable. That's what he's asking me to do today. May the Lord help us. May he strengthen us. May he give us insight. And make us sensitive to all that he's asking us to do. In Jesus name. Merry Christmas.